Welcome to the Daily Office Lectionary. I'm Father Reed. Today we're going to look at the week of third Easter. Now remember, as you'll see in your program, the listing of the scriptures. And we're going to list scriptures from Daniel, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and Luke. You're going to see that we start on Sunday. That's where we celebrate third Easter, or fourth Epiphany, or fourth Advent, or the season after Pentecost, or whatever the case may be throughout the liturgical year. But then for the daily lectionary, we have scriptures for every day. So there's scriptures for the Sunday worship service, then the Sunday lectionary, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then we go the next week, as you can guess, to fourth Easter. Now, there's seven weeks of Easter, and then followed by the day of Pentecost which has to do with 50, and we'll talk about Pentecost, as I said last week, as we get closer and closer to that date. Now, we are looking at Daniel, which we started last week, first, second, and third chapter. Today, we're going to look at the fourth, fifth, and sixth. We looked at 1 John 1, 2, and 3. We'll look at the end of chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, 2 John, which is only one chapter, and 3 John, which is only one chapter. And we'll continue our study of Luke. We looked at the baptism of Jesus, the beginning of his ministry at 30 years old, in chapter 3. And in chapter 4, the Spirit sends him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And he is successful. Uh, I believe it says in that 13th verse of chapter 4, the devil... Uh, left until a more opportune time. So that was not the first time he was coming after Jesus. Now, in Daniel chapter 4, we have Nebuchadnezzar again, and he's praising God in the first uh, three verses. Uh, How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders, verse 3. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. So he has another dream again. Okay, he has another dream. In the visions I saw while lying in my bed, verse 13, I looked and there before me was a messenger, a holy one coming down from heaven. He called out in a loud voice. So he has this dream and he wants Daniel to interpret the dream. He doesn't know what it means. Remember the last time he had a dream, He not only wanted an interpretation, he wanted them to tell them what the dream actually was, which Daniel was able to do in chapter 2. Now, he interprets the dream for him, and he says, Therefore, O king, verse 27, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right, and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be then that your prosperity will continue. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar in 28. Twelve months later, the king was walking on the roof. Is not this the great Babylon I built as the royal residence by my mighty power and the glory of my majesty? Then he exalts himself. Instead of repenting, renouncing his sins, listening to the interpretation of the dream as Daniel gave it to him, and doing what Daniel prescribed, He thinks very highly of himself, and 
The words were on his lips when a voice came from heaven. You don't think God can get people's attention? Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people and live like the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and give them, gives them to anyone he wishes. God can do whatever he wants. He is sovereign. He is Lord of all. And he was driven um, away from his people and ate grass like cattle. At the end of this time, he raised his eyes towards heaven at the end of chapter 4. And he praises the God of Israel, the Most High God. His eternal, his dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and with the powers of the earth. Verse 35 of chapter 4. No one can say to him, what have you done? Last verse of chapter 4. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Ladies and gentlemen, it is wise to simply bow before the Lord, to submit yourself and myself before the Lord, to humble yourself before the Lord, because he is very capable of humbling you and me in our pride, and will do it. So be very careful. This is why we want to have a fear of the Lord in the sense that we want to obey his word. We want to know his word. This is why we go over the scriptures with you uh, each week in the daily lectionary readings so that you'll have some idea of what God wants you and me to do. He is able to humble. Now, the fifth chapter is the very famous writing on the wall. I won't read this to you. You may enjoy reading it. I love reading chapter four, five, and six. It's beautiful, much like one, two, and three. Love the first six chapters of Daniel. And so a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster, verse 5. And the king watched the hand. His face turned pale and was so frightened that his knees knocked together and his legs gave away. And so he called for the enchanters and the astrologers and diviners to be brought. Whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around their neck and he will made be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then in verse 8 it says, Then all the king's men went in, and they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So they couldn't read it. So he's even more terrified, and he, and he became more pale. He had to find the answer. Don't look so pale, king. There is a man, verse 11, in your kingdom who, who can do this. There's some beautiful language that accompanies that. So this man is Daniel, verse 12. Remember whom the king called Belteshazzar? Remember I said that in chapter 1 last week? He can solve difficult problems and explain riddles. He can tell you what it means. So he did. They went and got Daniel. And Daniel answered the king. He was going to give him all kinds of gifts, clothed in purple, gold chain around his neck, verse 16, made the third highest ruler of the kingdom, Sounds like, like Joseph in Genesis where they make him the second highest. Pharaoh made him the second highest. Daniel said, you keep your gifts for yourself. Give the rewards to someone else. But I'm going to read the writing. I'm going to tell you what it means. And then he tells them. Verse 22. But you, his son, Belshazzar, 
You have not humbled yourself, much like in chapter five, uh, chapter four, Nebuchadnezzar did not humble himself. You set yourself up against the Lord of Heaven. That's not smart to do. You have the golden, you had the gold, the goblets from the temple brought to you, and you and your nobles and your wives and your concubines drank wine. You praise the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. They can't do anything. But you didn't honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Sovereign of God, sovereignty of God again. Here's the inscription. Many, many take a parson. God has numbered the days of your reign. He brought them to an end. Your days are over, sir. You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. When we put you on the scales of life, that didn't work out good for you. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then at his command, Daniel was clothed in purple. A gold chain was around his neck. He was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain. Darius the Mede took over at the age of 62. So what you had is you had the Assyrians, and then you had the Babylonians, then you had the Medes and the Persians, then you had the Greeks, then you had the Romans. So this is a major change in world history. Chapter 6. Chapter 6 is the famous Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel in the lion's den. And read through that. Again, Daniel in chapter 6, verse 10, three times a day, he gets on his knees, he prays. And the king had an edict, a royal decree, that said anybody for 30 days that prays to any other god or any person except you, O king, was thrown in the lion's den. Sounds a lot like the fiery furnace in chapter 3 with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The decree stands. It cannot be annulled, the king says in chapter 6, verse 12. But the king was very distressed when he heard that Daniel did this. He, had, he loved Daniel. And the king gave an order and brought Daniel and threw him in the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, May your God, this is great, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. He said, I can't save you. I wrote it down. I can't turn it. I can't revoke it. So a stone was placed over the mouth of the lion's den, and the king sealed it with his ring, signet ring, and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation may not be changed. At the first light of dawn, I love this. The king gets up and hurries to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Now, if he's dead, obviously he's not going to respond. O king, live forever. May God send his angel. And he shut the mouths of the lions. This is why you see angels in the pictures. And Daniel's just sitting there. The, the lions aren't doing anything. And the angels come down and shut the lions' uh, jaws. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. I haven't done anything wrong, king. The king was overjoyed, gave orders to lift Daniel out of the lion's den. When Daniel was lifted, no wound was found in him. He had trusted in his God. Ladies and gentlemen, trust in the Lord. 
You may be thrown in the lion's den. You may be in the lion's den for all I know right now. You may be thrown in the fiery furnace. Pray. Trust God. Go to church. Read your Bible. Do what it says. Obey the Lord. If you're the only one that's doing it, keep doing it. it honoring the Lord is very, very important. At the king's command, the men who had been falsely accused, verse 24, were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. Before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. And then he praises God at the end of chapter 6. Enjoy. 4, 5, 6. Read it slowly. Listen to the power of God. And there's some beautiful lessons for us also. We turn to 1 John, beautiful lessons in 1 John. Beautiful lessons in 1 John. A really magnificent book. It's an epistle. So he has a, an epistle, uh, 1, 2, and 3 John. He has a gospel, of course, the gospel of John. And, of course, we have the apocalypse, the revelation. 1 John three nineteen to 4, 6. This is his command, 1 John three twenty three to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. If you can do that, 1 John 3, 23, you're going to be in good shape. Believe in the name of his son and love one another. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. This is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gives us. So doing his commandments is crucial, but you got to know the commandments. That's why reading the Bible is so important. Chapter 4. Chapter 4. 7 to 21 is fabulous. It's about love. Love comes from God. Verse 7, verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Verse 10. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So we have the edict from God, the command of God to love. We also have God loving us first. We love God because he first loved us. Verse 16, we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. So when we talk in Christianity about loving one another, a lot of that love, come, a lot of that theology comes from um, or the discussion about love comes from John. I'm also thinking of 1 Corinthians 13, famously, uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians. But I'm also thinking about John's gospel and Jesus' words about love, particularly chapter 13 of John's gospel, and also from 1 John. 1 John is just fabulous. We love, verse 19, because he first loved us. Chapter 5. Verse 11, this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is where? In his Son. That's where eternal life is, people. It's nowhere else but in the Son of God. And he says it very clearly in verse 12 of 1 John 5. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. It's very simple. You either have the Son or you don't. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So he's writing this, this is verse 13, in the assurance of knowing that you know the Son and that you have eternal life. Okay? 
uh, continuing on, continuing on. In verse 17, all wrongdoing is sin. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one does not touch him. Verse 18, we know, verse 19, that we are children of God. The whole world is under the power of the evil one. And verse 20, we also know that the Son of God has come and given us this understanding. So that we know him who is true, and this is a good verse. And we are in him who is true, in him, in Christ. Even in his son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. Remember we read last time, um, last week, uh, John chapter 17, the gospel of John chapter 17, about what is eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. He is the true God and eternal life. In 2nd and 3rd John, let's read a couple of verses from 2nd and 3rd John. Quite short, but read them slowly. It's very, very good. It's a lot to meditate on. Verse 6, this is love, 2nd John, that we walk in obedience to his commands. And we have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So, we walk in obedience to his commands, and his command is to walk in love. So a person that knows the commands of Jesus walks in love. The person that walks in love knows his commands. Many deceivers, verse 7, who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Okay? So be very, very careful of those people that speak another message, and you'll see that in 2nd and 3rd John. John was very much aware of heresy and heretics that were promoting a different gospel. This is why the reading of Scripture is so important, is that you will believe the gospel, not a different gospel. Chapter, uh, not chapter, it's chapter 1. It's only one chapter of Third John on Saturdays. I pray that you may enjoy good health, verse 2, and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell you about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than this did they hear that my children are walking in the truth. Are you walking in the truth? Are you faithful to the truth? Are you walking in the truth? Do you believe the truth? Are you reading the truth? Is the truth in your mind and in your soul, in your heart? This is why the reading of the Bible is so important, and I pray that you're doing this on a daily basis. And once again, the Daily Lectionary gives you an opportunity to read three um, different books of the Bible. On a regular basis. This week, we've got 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Luke, and Daniel. Okay? Last verse before we go to Luke. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Verse 11. Anyone who does not, anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. It's a good verse. All right, let's continue with Jesus' journey in chapter 4 of Luke. All right, he's tempted by the devil, and then he's rejected at Nazareth. He quotes a very famous Isaiah verse, the servant song, servant scriptures, and talks about him being the Messiah, actually. He says in verse 21, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Guess what they do? 
They want to throw him off the cliff, verse 29. Verse 30, he walks through the crowd and goes on his way. The man begins his ministry, and they're against him because they don't believe he's the Messiah. They don't believe he speaks the truth when he quotes the scriptures. He gives them a testimony about Elijah, and they were furious because he was speaking against them and their obstinacy and their refusal to believe the truth. We continue with his ministry. He drives out an evil spirit. He goes down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee. He teaches the people. The devils know who he is. The devil knows exactly who he is and the demons that work for the devil. What do you want with us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Isn't it amazing that the demons know that, but most people don't? He heals many at the end of chapter 4. So he is preaching, as he says in verse 43, the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because this is why I was sent. He is healing. He is casting out devils. He is preaching and he is teaching. Extraordinary ministry. He is moving forward. He is sharing the gospel with the people. Many are accepting, many are rejecting it. Chapter 5, he calls the first disciples to him so they can be part of his entourage, as it were, and fish for men. He's going to disciple them and teach them. The man with leprosy comes to him, falls face on his ground, uh, falls down with his face to the ground. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I am willing, he says. And he goes and shows himself to the priest. Tremendous miracle of God. Tremendous sign of the presence of God in Jesus' life. But the people want to make him king. He becomes extremely popular. And it says he often withdrew, verse 16 of chapter 5, to lonely places and prayed. Sadly, a lot of people just want to get something from Jesus to make themselves feel better rather than serve Jesus because of who Jesus is and do his will regardless of whether they get anything in return. It's one of the things I'm always trying to reflect about. Am I trying to get something from Jesus by drawing close to him? Or do I actually love Jesus and will serve him no matter if he does nothing? Now, we know he can heal. I know he can cast out devils. I know he can calm the wind and the waves. But what, what is my relationship with him based upon? He heals a paralytic and forgives their sins of the paralytic. And he calls Levi. He says, I've, I've not come to call the righteous, verse 32, but sinners to repentance. So he's teaching them about the kingdom of God. He's proclaiming the kingdom of God, preaching. He's casting out devils. He's healing people. And he's doing great miracles. He's answering the people's needs. He's healing many, many people. Tremendous numbers of people are following him. And he's responding. And then the last section, Saturday, is about the questions about fasting, the call of Levi and fasting. So again, he's speaking to the Pharisees. He's speaking to different groups of people. And he's teaching them about the kingdom of God. Jesus has a vast knowledge of the Old Testament, as you would expect. Applies the Old Testament and what God is doing through Christ 
in his ministry. Beautiful set of scriptures this week as we had last week in 2nd Easter, again in 3rd Easter. The great 4th, 5th, and 6th chapters of Daniel, the great 3rd, 4th, and 5th chapters of John, then we go to 2nd and 3rd John, and then Paul, uh, Jesus uh, continues his ministry in Luke chapter 4, which we started last week with chapter 3 and chapter 4, the beginning of chapter 4, and we just journey with Jesus, asking ourselves how we respond to him, where are we in relationship to Christ, because the Bible is pointing to this relationship with Christ, and of course in Easter we celebrate his resurrection from the dead. We look forward to next week when we look at the scriptures from 4th Easter. God bless you and have a wonderful week of learning, reading, and prayer.